put some notes on it, make some notes there. I'm really excited about what God's going to do. First of all, I found this, and I, I, I said last week we took a, a couple items. There was a difference between men and women, right? You know there's a difference. There should be a difference. God created us in His image and in His likeness, but how I many of you know naturally there is a difference between men and women? I got a couple more of these that I just want to give to you. The, the, I, I had a list that somebody had sent to me, and we, we talked about um, some different things. But one of them was, you know, bathrooms. It says this, it says, men have, men have five items in the bathroom. A toothbrush, shaving cream, razor, bar of soap, and a towel. I hope not from Marriott. But it says, it says, women, the average number of the typical items in a woman's bathroom is 337. A man would and should not be able to identify most of them. Can I get an amen? It says, it says success. A successful man is one who makes more money than his wife can spend. A successful woman is one who can find such a man. We're talking about getting out of debt. Oh. Marriage, check this out. A woman marries a man expecting he will change, but he doesn't. But a man marries a woman expecting she won't change, and she does. <laughs> Dressing up. A woman dresses up to go shopping, water the plants, empty the garbage, answer the phone, read a book, and get the mail. A man dresses up for weddings and funerals. One more. Natural. Men wake up as good-looking as they went to bed. Never mind, I'm going to leave this one alone. <laughs> there are differences in a man and a woman. And men need to know their identity, and women need to know their identity. And I believe there is differences in... Us as believers, but we really don't know our identity. And I want us to talk about our identity today. I want us to understand your identity. Who are you in God? What is our understanding of our identity in the kingdom? We kind of don't know who we are. Do we press forward? Do we drop back? Do we advance on these issues that are anti-Christian? Do we not say anything? Do we just say, God will take care of it. It'll be all right. Just don't worry about it. Just pray. What is our identity? Where are we on our identity? Who are we in the body of Christ? We can look at the Scriptures, and in and, and the Old Testament there is probably over 362 scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about a servant. How many of you believe that you are a servant? Raise your hand. Okay. I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to bring forth some wisdom. We're going to look at some scriptures, and we're going to begin over the next few gatherings to identify who we are really and truly, and what Christ died for us, rose again, what He established on this earth, and what our, what our identity is, okay? In the New Testament, there's over 82 scriptures 
of the word servant in there. So I want to look at some because I want us to look at it real quick. The word servant, I want to break it down. Matthew chapter 25, just write this down, but but don't look it up because I'm going to go fast enough for you that you won't be able to stay up. Matthew 25, 21 says, His Lord said to him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That word servant right there, we're going to talk about that because there's four or five different words or meanings of the word servant. He says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. This word servant is, comes from the Greek word doulos. And you can put that up, please, if you will. It means a slave, literally or figuratively. Involuntary or voluntary. Frequently, therefore, in a qualified sense of subjection or subservancy. We look at a servant and we say, we're a slave. Well, let's, let's look at another scripture. Because that's how this one's used. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 6. Matthew chapter 8, verse 6. If you're writing this down, please write this down. You need to understand this. We are going to lay down today a foundation in your life that if you will receive it, if you will understand it, if you will meditate on it, it will change your life. No, I don't think you hurt me. One person hurt me. This message today is probably the most important message I have ever, ever preached in 10 years of giving you the word. If we don't get this, I'm going to preach it again next Sunday. If you don't get it, I'm going to preach it again the following Wednesday. If we don't get it, I'll preach it until we get it. You know, you heard the congregation where the pastor, you know, had the same sermon over and over and over again. And, you know, the elders and the deacons, they came to the pastor and they said, Hey, you got anything else in your repertoire? Don't you have any other sermons than that one? Because we've been here for a month and that's all we've heard on Sunday morning and Wednesday night and Sunday morning and Wednesday night. And the pastor said, Well, when you get this, we'll go to the next one. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. (laughs) Smile when you tell him that. Matthew chapter 8, verse 6, it says, And saying, The Lord, my servant, lies at home sick of palsy, grievously being tormented. This word comes from from the Greek word, and it's spelled P-A-I-S. And I'm not a Greek historian, theologian, or whatever it is that you might want to call that, but, you know, I just try to do the best I can with pronouncing some of these words. But it's uh, pahis, pahis. Perhaps it means a boy has often been beaten with impunity or, by analogy, a girl in a genitive cause case, a child specifically, look, a slave or servant, a slave or a servant, especially a minister to the king by the eminence to the king. So we can see there's a different word for servant. Is that you? Is that, that that's me? I, I'm a slave or I'm a servant. Let's look at Romans 16, chapter chapter 1, or Romans 16, verse 1. The Bible says that, I commend you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church in Centuria, Caesarea, Centuria, Centuria. Phoebe, in this scripture, is the word servant. Okay? And here's what that word means. Deconus. 
It's where we get the word deacon from. Now, I don't know what churches do with this scripture that don't allow women to be deacons because Phoebe was. I don't know what they do with it. I guess they just, they just overlook at it. It says, probably from an obsolete dikaio, it means to run on errands compared to, and one Greek word, can, can you have to look at another Greek word, and it'll lead you kind of like on a little path to really see the and understand. It says, attendant, the genitive case, a waiter at a table, or in other menial duties, especially a Christian, there it is, teacher and pastor, technically, or deacon, or deaconess. Phoebe was... A deaconess. That's a servant. Luke chapter 16, verse 13. Luke 16, 13 says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. When you look at this word servant, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Oiketis. And it means a fellow resident. It means menial, domestic. It means a household servant. There are, there are Old Testament scriptures that tell us. Isaiah fifty four seventeen says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue will rise up again, that rises up against you was shown to be in the wrong. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Okay, I'm, n- nobody's got tomatoes in this place today. Uh, you know, I want you to check this out on your own. Listen to me. You are not under the identity of a servant. You are a son. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. A servant is what your function is. Hello? Let me say that again. Write this down. A servant is what your function is. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. We sing about it. We do the works of the ministry. We, we, we are the ones that are going to help feed the poor. We're going to cast out demons. We're going to do certain things. We're going to serve one another. We're going to serve one another. It is, it is actually a function of what you do. It is not who you are. We're going to have to shift this thing. Because if you're, you are a son, if you're a woman, you're a son, okay? If you're a woman, you're a son. Because he's not talking about being gender specific. When he says, if you're a born-again believer, you become a son of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a son. All right? I can feel the resistance, but just stay with me here. All right? You are a son. Many times the body of Christ says, I'm just a servant. I'm just a a lowly servant. And God says, you're a son. You're a son that serves. Hello. Kind of like religion will tell us that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Listen to this. Now, I was a sinner. Now I am in the righteousness of God, and I sin. Hello. Hello. Some people say, well, you're just a dirty, rotten sinner. Not anymore. Oh, no, 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 you didn't hear me. Not anymore, because I am in Christ. I am a new creation. I am a new...
species of being. I am going to be changed and transformed in the image of God. I am no longer a dirty, rotten sinner. I am a sinner saved by grace, and now I am born again, although I may sin. Somebody ought to shout there. you got to get this. Check it out in the Word. Look at it yourself. Paul himself killed Christians, yet he could stand in front of Agrippa and say, I've not wronged any man. You should ask Stephen about it. See what he'll tell you about it. He's like, he was there at the stoning of Stephen. But yet Paul was able to stand before the king and say, I've not wronged anybody because he was no longer a dirty, rotten sinner. He was saved by the grace of God. And the old had passed away and the new had come. You are not, your identity is not a servant. We have got to get a hold of this. We have got to move forward in this. If we are not going to do this, then we are going to be left behind in the things that God wants us to walk into. There are areas that God wants you to walk into and you cannot walk into them as a servant. You have to walk into them as a son. You're 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 a son. I, I, I remember one time when we had... Uh, Stephen George came and he and he spoke and 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 we were up during worship and stuff and this guy walks up and he comes around the front and he stands right up here next to me and he sits there and Stephen George looked and I had this interaction with this person this person was my son it was Joel and and Joel sat back down or whatever and Stephen leaned over me and he says that's your son isn't it I said yeah how'd you know he said there ain't too many people that can come up and just talk to you like they should. Come on, somebody, and sit down and have a conversation with you in the middle of a worship unless it was a son. Hello? There are some things we've got to get a hold of, and you being a son is one of it. You've got to get a hold of it and say, I am a son, and let me just get back to the Scriptures. Let's just look at this thing. Galatians chapter 4, I want us to look at verses 1 through 7. Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Because I'm going I'm to prove it to you in the Word of God. Galatians 4, verses 1 through 7. Hey, as long as there, the heir is a child... Let me, let me back up. In this teaching that we're going to give forth, there are four different Greek words that are used for children or sonship. And, and I'll give those to you soon. I want to lay this foundation down. Say that there, I don't know if I have the King James Version, New American Standard Version, New American. I say now that as, as the heir is a child, this word child in the Greek is nepios. And it means an infant, a small child, a, 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 a child that has not totally developed or grown up. It says he does not differ at all from the slave, although he is the owner of everything. Man, you meditate on this. He's saying this child is the owner of everything. But yet, he doesn't differ from a slave or a servant or somebody that is overkeeping the household because there isn't a time yet that that son is being released into having ownership. It's kind of like guardianship. You can leave a trust for a child, and that child can't reach it until they reach the age of 18 or 21. Are you with me? 
They're still a son, but yet they can't access that until a certain age or a certain time. He says, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we are children, nepios, were held in bondage under the elementary things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent his son. This word son in the Greek is a different word than nepios. This word son in the Greek, anytime it's referred to Jesus Christ, it's weos. H-U-I-O-S. Write it down. H-U-I-O-S. It is a full, mature son. It's called weos. Tell your neighbor, weos. Now you're speaking Greek. Greek to me. He said, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive... Here it is. We might receive the adoption as sons. This word is weothesia. And this word literally means a placing as a son. When you adopt a child in America, the laws are just as strict, dads, for a child that you adopt than if it was your biological child. You take him to be your own. Take him to be your own. Many of you, many of us have come from a blended family. And one of the problems is, is we haven't taken our sons and daughters to be our own. That's her kids. No, no, you don't understand. Y'all are married. You're in covenant together. Her kids are now your kids. Hello. I had a guy that, was, that, I, was, that I was working with back in North Carolina. And he, uh, I asked him. His father was sick, and I said, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your father. And he was, he was, he was, it was fatal. He, he was on his deathbed. And he said he went in to see his father, and actually it was his stepfather who had raised him. And he had had a relationship with this man. Bobby was probably 60 years old, so he's had a relationship with this man for 55 years. He was five years old when, when his mother had divorced and he had remarried. And this, the, he was a son. And he went in to the hospital room. And his father introduced him to somebody else as his stepson. And it broke his heart. He said, I've always been his stepson. You are not a stepson to God. You are a son of the Most High God. So he says right here, he says, he says, um, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, Weos, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are under the law that might receive the adoption as a son. We have got to receive this adoption as a son. See, many of us aren't because we've got this idea that I'm just a servant. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, I'm not worthy to go to the table of God because I'm a servant. And a servant stands back and gives him the cup and gives him the bread. And God says, no, no, no. You're not a servant. Pull up to the table and eat with me because you are my son. 
Check this out. He says, because you are what? Everybody. Because you are? God sent forth his spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, (laughs) you are no longer a slave, or look at it, you are no longer a servant. Because the Bible says that we are bond slaves to Christ, but that brings in sonship. Not a slave as in a hard taskmaster. You do what I say when I tell you to do it because that's what I am. I'm the master and you're the slave. Go get me some stuff, would you? But he says right here, therefore you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an what? Heir. An heir of God. How many of you know somebody, if you're an heir and if you've got an estate, Somebody has to die for you to receive that estate because you're an heir. Hello, stay with me. Because Christ died, we became heirs of the promise that God had given Abraham that, that, that he would be the father, say father, he would be the father of many people, as many as sands on the seashore, That was the promise that he gave. So you're a son. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a son. And you are an heir of God. The Bible tells us that we are joint heirs with Jesus. The question is, are we going to step in and walk in our inheritance? Are we going to become what God wants us to do? And, And understand, you are to serve. You are to function as a servant, but you're not a servant. Hello? You are to function and serve and do the things that God wants us to do, but your identity is not a servant. Some of you might, might say, you know what? My identity, I've lost my identity. I don't know where it is. I don't know who I am. I don't know what to do sometimes. I, I don't know whether to move forward or step back or what I need to do. Your identity is in sonship. And you've got to get this identity in sonship. So let's understand your identity as we look at the things of God. As we, Let me just get my Bible so I can just take it with me. Because I want us to begin to look at this. You are being placed as a son. When Christ died for us, when he shed his blood on Calvary, when he rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father, you are seated with him in heavenly places because you're a son. You are joint heirs with Jesus. You are a son. Son is, it's a, again, it's a servant of God. It's a function. It's not who you are. Next slide. I've kind of lost my place. Galatians 4, 7. It says, therefore, you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir with God. You're a son and you're heirs with God. Galatians, I think it's chapter 3, verse 26, says, For you are all sons. This word, when you look it up in the Greek, it's weos. It's a full, mature son of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You are a son through faith in Christ Jesus. How are you born again? By faith. How are you praying the Holy Ghost? By faith. You know, you are a son by faith. It's all faith. Everything we've got is based on faith. And you're a son because of the faith in Christ Jesus. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Where did I tell you to go? Look at chapter 8 verse 12. Because Paul established it in Galatians. He established it in the church of Rome. 
Romans chapter 8. This is a, you need to get into Romans. This is, this will really help you understand your identity and who you are. Let's start out at verse 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh. You know, we were talking about being led by the Spirit, being Spirit-led, Spirit-minded, walking in the Spirit. This is what he's talking about here. He says, you are not under obligation to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. You don't have to live according to the flesh. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me today. Because every time my flesh says, you better eat that hot dog or grab that hamburger or eat that pizza, you know what I mean? You need to eat, 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 eat. I can say, flesh, be quiet. It's not time yet. Come on. Every time your flesh says you need to do this or say that or see this or, or be that, you can say, flesh, you don't rule, I rule. Check it out. <laughs> it's good news today. It's good news today because you, live accor- you don't live according to the flesh. Verse 13 says, For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. Think on that one. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death, look, the deeds of the body... You will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. I'm going to challenge you to look that up. Well, maybe I put it up there for you. Never mind. It's weos. For you have not received a spirit of slavery. Mine says slavery. Some of them say bondage. Leading to fear again. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, that weothesia, by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy! Dad, I need help, Dad. Dad, I'm coming home. Dad, look out, I'm on my way. Dad, I'm headed to the house. I'm coming home. Abba, Father. The term of endearment. He says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And this is the word technon, and I'll give that to you next week. And if children, technon, heirs also, heirs of God, listen, and fellow heirs with Christ. I mean, you're you're heirs as children, you're heirs of God, you're fellow heirs with Christ. He says, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be also glorified with him. We're not servants, but we're sons. We've got to be glorified in the things of God. We have to suffer some things. Sons go through a difficult time. I got sons here. Guys, we're sons, right? There's been some difficult times in our lives. But we still have to stand up. We still have to move forward. We still have to continue advance. We still have to realize that we are sons no matter what. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Now, I want want us to look at Luke chapter 15, because this is where I want us to go real quick. Luke chapter 15. I I got to establish that you are a son. You may function as a servant, but you are a son. You're a son. You're a son. You're a son. And you don't have to bow down to the things of the flesh because you're a son. You don't have to do what the world does because you're a son. 
We got to be, you know, we were sealed. The Bible tells us we're sealed with the Spirit of God. You are a son. You're sealed until the day of redemption. I'm telling you, you have got a seal. You've got a crown. Your kings and priests, your sons, you're above this. You don't have to do that because you rise above this. You don't have to be there. You've got to understand who you are. Chuck Pierce prophesied that it's a new identity. You've got to understand the new identity that you have in God. You have a new identity. You are not a servant. You function as a servant, but you are a son. That's why we can enter into the throne room boldly. The Bible says humbly. The Bible says boldly. You can enter into the throne room boldly. You can come before God and say, God! Wow! God, you are awesome. Daddy, you are awesome. Hey, by the way, there's some people here that got to know you as Lord and Savior. How can we get this done? What can I do today? How can I serve you, Dad, in order to do this? Other than just taking out the trash and cutting the lawn and doing those things that sons do. Amen? Check this out. Luke chapter... What did I do you tell you? Chapter 15? I need to get there, don't I? Luke chapter 15. This is the prodigal son, and many of you know it, but I want us to look over it. He said, there was a man who had two sons. Say, two sons. You look this up in the Greek, it means weos, two sons, two full, mature sons. Obviously, in, in his eyes, they were of age. Are you with me? They weren't four years old. They weren't seven years old. They were at least 18 years old in our culture and our society now. Society says you become a man at 18. I know some guys that aren't a man at 27. They're not a man yet. Just because you can father a child doesn't make you a man. Oh, come on, somebody. Check this out. There was two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. I'm thinking, why would he do that? Why would he do it now? I don't know. God will answer that sometime for us. Not so many days later, the younger son gathered everything together, and he went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squandered his estate. (laughs) My Bible says with loose living. Some of them say wild living. I don't know about you, but I have squandered some stuff from wild living. (laughs) Yeah, I did. He says now, he says loose loose living. It's a state with loose living. Verse 14. Now when he had spent everything, everything, he spent everything. A severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out of one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly mm, filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. The Bible says, but when he came to his senses... There, there was a time in our lives, there's a time I hope it's, if, it's, if you haven't come to your senses yet, I'm hoping today is the day that you're going to come to your senses. But there's a time that we come to our senses and say, why am I living in the low life when I need to get into the higher life? Why am I eating with the swine and the pigs? And why does this stuff look good to me? 
when it's almost like my eyes have been washed and I realize that, you know what? I have lowered myself to the point where I'm on my hands and knees eating out of a pig trough. Now, when I was a kid, we fed, we had some pigs and we fed them. Did anybody feed the kids, kid, the, the pig slop? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it was the, the remains of what you didn't eat. We, you know, now you give the bones and the meat to your dogs. We gave it to our pigs. Come on. Everything that we had, we scraped off in that deal. And I mean, it was some nasty stuff. I mean, we'd go out and Dad would say, take that bucket and just put it down in the trough, just spread it out in there. And the little pigs would come up there and they'd eat that stuff. Now, can you imagine being there eating this pig stuff and thinking, this is good stuff? And then going, what am I eating? Well, close your eyes and imagine steak. (laughs) Close your eyes and imagine the thing that you love the most. Grilled chicken breast with glazed, glazed honey glaze on it, you know. And you're just, and then he looked at it. And he's probably like, this is not that. (laughs) Think about that. He's he's wasted some things on wild living. He's, He's now come to the point where, He's, there's a famine in the country, and he went and hired himself out to somebody else. And he was probably saying, I'll give you this, but if you need food, then help yourself. But the Bible says in verse 17, then he came to his senses. He said, how many of my father's hired men? That is a word of servant. He said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger? How many of you, if we stop right there, that's a good deal. He's thinking now. How many? I, I, I'm right down here. But I, my dad's got some hired men. And how many of them are having bread on their table? And I'm getting the stuff. I don't mean to be off color, but what was regurgitated. The stuff that your garbage disposal chews up and sends, come on, through the lines. This is what this guy was eating. And he says, you know what? My dad's got some hired men, and they're eating bread. I bet he began to smell it. Hot bread with butter. Oh, man. We're going to pray, amen, and we're going to go. The bakery, eat. Look at what happens. He says, I'm going to get up and go to my father. He has a revelation. Say revelation. revelation. He does have a revelation but it's not what, the, what God created him for. Okay? He says, I'll get up, go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. Other versions say, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So make me as one of your hired men. I believe this scripture right here is where the body of Christ is. I am no longer worthy, so I'm just going to be a servant. And the enemy is loving it. He is loving it because he says, (laughs) they have no idea who they are. You're the coal and you're supposed to be a diamond. And all all you see yourself is a coal. I'll tell you what, I'll give you an Old Testament scripture where the, where the Israelites 
were, were to cross over and the spies went out and the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back and said, this land's ours, we're supposed to take it. And the other one says, the other ten said, didn't you see how big they were? Those dudes are big, man. I mean, you know, they're, they're huge. And we look like grasshoppers to them. The body of Christ has allowed us to say, I'm just a servant. That's who I am. Just like this man, I am a lowly servant. And he says, make me as one of your hired men. Make me as one of your servants. So he got up. This is what he thought. said to himself. He got up. And he, and, he, and, he, and he went to his father and he says, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against in your sight against heaven. I'm no worthy, not worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, doulos, the servants that he had in his household, <laughs> that's what he said. He says, quickly, bring out the best robe. The best robe. Um, I got some other robes in my closet. There's some There's some robes in his closet that have been there for a long time because he's been gone a while. But I want you to go through and there's this special robe. There's a special robe in there. I want you to get out that robe. And he says, hey, by the way, when he left, he took his ring off and he set it on his dresser. I'm paraphrasing. And he set it on his dresser. And and that ring is still there. Go get that ring. Put it on his finger. He says, because you, boy, are not a servant. You're a son. And you're not going to eat at their table. You're going to eat at my table. Oh, and we're going to have some stuff. Get the fatted calf. Let's cook that baby. We've been working on it for four, five, seven, ten years. We've been giving that cow special grain, that lamb special grain. We've been giving that chicken. That chicken is one of them super chickens. It's the best that can be out there. It's grain-fed. It's the best. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a party because you're my son who once was lost, now is found. He's not a servant. He's a son. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a party. Cut that baby. Cut it. Put it on the grill. Let's barbecue. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're that son. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're that son. You are that son. And we've got, when things come against us, when things begin to start tripping us up, we've got to say, wait a minute. I'm a son. I don't have to be down in the pig slop. I am coming up. I'm coming up to my daddy's table. I'm coming up to sit as a king, to sit as a priest. I'm coming up. And people say, that's arrogant. That's what they'll tell you. Don't worry about it because they're a servant and you're a son. Oh, come on, somebody. they're, They're below and you are above. They're under and you're higher than they are. Are you with me? You've got to start seeing yourself as a son. And we've got to, now look. Father did not go to the pig slop and say, boy, come on out. And, and a lot of people, well, you know, Jesus just, he just hung out with all the, those that were in the bars. What Bible are you reading? He went in, but he didn't stay there. Come on, somebody. He didn't play pool with him and have a few brewskis to let him know that he was, you know, kind of cool like you are and don't judge me. But he went in and said, hey, sin no more. They brought an adulterous woman to him. And what did he say? Hey, they were like, we was going to stone him. The law says that she committed adultery and she should be stoned. And he says, well, he that was out sin 
cast the first stone. In other words, sister, you got no sin, you take over. You can hear, here's a stone. You want to be the first one to throw it? Jesus also addressed, he said, you know what he said this? He said, be careful of the speck of sawdust in your eye when you got a plank in yours. Don't be looking at the sister over here and say, you got a little bit of, you know, you got some sin still in your life. You better get that stuff out. And then walk away and there's a forehead. You're a two by forehead. You're two by forehead. This, God says, you know what? Come out of where you're at. He said, come out of where you're at. Right there. You don't have to mess around. You don't have to waller in it. You don't have to continue to eat that slop. He says, get up and come out of where you're at. Begin to put on the ring and put on the robe. You're called to the table to dine with the king. Come on, somebody say, I'm a son. I'm a son. Somebody say, I'm a son. I mean, you're a son. You are not a servant. Yes, you do serve. Yes, but that's not who you are. It's what you do. Who you are is a son. Who you are is a son. We're going to begin to start releasing a teaching on the kingdom of God, and you have got to know that you are a son. You're not a cousin, a third cousin. (laughs) You're not the aunt. You're not the uncle. Come on, somebody. You're not the mama. You're not the daddy. You are the son. You are the son. You have rights. Oh, come on. You have, you know why? You know why you're an heir of the king? Because Christ died. Was raised again. The fulfillment of the law was taking place. The new covenant's established. And you are a son. That's why you can look and there's what? Like 380 some scriptures in the Old Testament that says you're a servant. And you go to the New Testament. And I think there's like 83 in the King James Version. 83. There's a great disparity. Because now you begin to start seeing things change. You are not a servant. You are a son. God gave his only begotten servant. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Is that right? No. He gave his only begotten son. He didn't give his servants. Are you with me? Because when Jesus said, I came to serve, that was Jesus' function. Oh, listen to me. Listen to me. When Jesus said, I came to serve, that was his function. He's the son of God. He's not the servant of God. Because you know what? I can set you up and I can say, this is my son. Joel, Joel, come here. This is my son. This is his son. He has access to me whenever he wants it. I wish he'd use it more than he does, but he has access to me whenever he wants it. Right? Are you with me? Are you with me? He can, he can come in, knock on the door, and come into my bedroom and say, Dad, I, I want to talk to you. Well, you know what, son? I'm busy. There may be times where I'm busy, but he knows when to come in. But he can come to me, and he can say, Dad, I need to talk to you. And I, I've told him, even when I was studying, I said there'd be times where my doors might be closed, and I'm studying the Word of God, or I'm, I'm praying, or whatever, but you have access You come. You might ring my doorbell and I may not answer the door. 
because it's you. But he can walk in to his dad. You can walk in to your dad. You don't have to go through a priest. The veil has been ripped. You don't have to do 12 things to jump and shout and do cartwheels. You can walk into the presence of God. You, you're a son. You're a son. And you can access God. You can access the Father instead of coming in and saying, Massasa, Massasa, what can I get you next? What can I do next, Massasa? Massasa, go away from me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Massasa. Come on. You, you can go in and say, Dad, what do you need? And Dad will say, I need this. And you can walk out, and you can walk out as a king and a priest because you're a son. Christ the king? Isn't Christ a priest? You're joint heirs with him? So the king and priestship comes to, are y'all getting it? Comes to us, doesn't it? <laughs> you are a son. That dad saw his son coming down the road. And there's some of you here today that it might have said, you know what? I didn't realize I, I was just the servant. But God is calling you today and he's seeing you even down the road and he's saying, come, come. We're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate. We're going we're to put that ring on your finger because this was my son who once was dead, physically dead. Was he dead physically? He was walking, man. He wasn't dead physically. He was dead spiritually. He was out from under the protection and the provision of the dad. Hello? Of the family covering the, the blanket, the umbrella that God brings forth. And the Bible says, he who abides in the shadow of the Almighty. You're, you're, you're in that covering of God. We're in that covering of dad. We've stepped outside that covering. He stepped outside that covering, that protection, that provision that God has given us. He stepped outside it. Now he's coming back in. <laughs> and he's saying, Dad, I just want to be a servant. And Dad's saying, oh, no. Nothing's going to stop you now because you're a son. No, no, no. You're not a servant. You're a son. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're a son. Turn to your other neighbor and say you're a son. You are a son. You are a son. You're a son. You're a son. you got to look in that mirror and say, I'm a son. Hey, hey. You got to get up in the morning, the alarm clock goes off, jump in the shower, get to work. When you walk in, you say, hey, father's upstairs, the son has arrived. What kind of problems you got here today? <laughs> Instead of walking in going, am I late? Sons aren't late, they're on time. Come on, somebody. They may even be there early and say, hey, the son has arrived, what you got going on? I need this taken out, no problem. Well, I can't do that because I'm a son. Sons serve. Dad says, take out the trash. Guess what I do? Take out the trash. Dad says, go in the corner and stand on my head. I stand on my head in the corner and say, Dad, how much longer I got? I'm getting a little faint. Are you with me? Doesn't mean you're above serving. But it's a function. You understand the difference between servanthood as being a function and the son as being who you are. You function in this capacity, but you're a son. You function as a corporate prayer person, but you're a son. Are you with me? You function as a businessman, 
but you're a son. You function as a nurse, but you're a son. That's your function. That's what you do, (laughs) partly. But you're a son. You're a son. And God wants son in every area, in every place. He's got sons, and he wants to put you in a place where you can exercise your sonship. Your son, man. I want to encourage you to get this. I want to encourage you to listen to it. I want to encourage you to look at the scriptures and begin to start seeing yourself as a son. It's revelation when I began to start walking in sonship and said, you know what? I'm a son. It's kind of like that sinner. I make mistakes. I sin. I sin. The Bible says to know the good that I ought to do and not do it is sin. I miss the mark. Are you with me? But I confess, I repent, I get back in relationship with God and say, God, I should have said this to them. I should have ministered this to them. God, I should have prayed for them and I didn't. Forgive me, Lord. I'm back into sonship. I still got access to the throne. He didn't kick me out. Hello? God says the door is open today. There's some of you here today that have said, you know what? I'm a servant and you're a wonderful servant, but it's just your function. It's not your identity. Maybe we need to get t-shirts or something and wear them all that says, I'm a son. S-O-N. And I know a lot of the world would probably twist that. But you are a son. You're a son. You're a son. You are a child of the Most High God. You are the son, the weos, nepios, paedion, tekna. You are the son of God. You're a son of God. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, 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 the steps in maturity. Because some of us are here in some areas, and some of us are here in some areas. Some of us have got some areas where we're the, the, the weos, but yet in other areas in our life, we're the nepios. We haven't got it figured out. We're still growing in this process. Some of you got it together. And some of us don't have it together, but we're working on it. Amen? Say this, in the name of Jesus, I receive today my sonship. I am a son And God, you're my father. As a servant, I function. But in my identity is a son. My identity is a son. In you. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. You are a son. We're going to... You're going to begin to walk in areas that you've probably never realized or understood that you could walk in before. Because your mindset is shifting. Today you are no longer, your identity is no longer a servant. Today, your identity is a son. Stand to your feet a moment this morning.